Thanks for listening to the Wellspring Church Podcast. Well, good morning. Uh, if you're a guest today, my name's uh, Trey Kelly. I'm the lead pastor here. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm honored uh, you're here. I'm honored to be here with you today. Um, quick update <laughs> on some things going on. Um, quickly, you may wonder where TJ's been. Um, he was doing uh, monkey bars and, uh, <laughs> or CrossFit, whatever you want to call it. And uh, <laughs> a little joke. He tore his bicep. And uh, he had surgery. He's back here. You can wave at him. Hey, TJ. He's fine. Um, but we realized that he hadn't been on here for two weeks, and y'all might wonder where he was. <clears throat> and so that's where he is. Um, some stuff went on in my life yesterday. And if you have a teenager on social media, you probably know about it. Uh, if not, uh, let me bring you up to speed real quick by, I'm going to bury the lead here. David is fine. That's my oldest son. Um, He's good. He is, uh, yeah, he was out with some friends yesterday. It's weird. They were on a boat. So when you say they were on a boat, you think boat injury had nothing to do with being on a boat. But they were out on a boat almost all the way down in Georgetown. And uh, they docked and went up to an island. And as teenage boys do, they decided to climb trees. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, and David had to climb the highest, and um, he was, as best we could tell, about 20, 25 feet in the air, branch gave way, and he fell. Yeah, yeah, um, and we got a phone call, because he was there, and we were here. Um, he's fine. I, I, I don't, he, uh, he broke his wrist. Uh, and last I heard, he is currently in surgery right now, getting the wrist repaired. Um, other than that, he has minor, mi- minor, minor, very minor uh, internal things that they're tracking. But uh, other than that, he, he seems to be great. Um, yeah. <clears throat> And so that, that was my day yesterday. Uh, that was not what I had intended to talk about with, with you guys to start. Um, but as I was praying about it last night and this morning, it, I thought it was, it was perfect. Um, because this is a series about God's plan um, for his people. And so often... As Christians, we can convince ourselves that because God's plan is perfect, our life will be perfect. And that's a lie from the enemy. Um, And as we talk through today, I kind of want to just, I guess, show you how God's plan and God's people and this church uh, made possible the day I had yesterday and made possible the fact that I'm here right now. And I I need you to hear my heart gladly. I I am gladly here. I'm not here out of obligation. I'm not here just because this is the job. Like, like I, I am honored to be here 
uh, this morning. I think if I weren't here, my oldest son, David, would kill me. Um, he, he was uh, scheduled to speak tonight um, at students. It's preview night, which means the sixth graders are coming up. And David leads in Wellspring Kids, and so he knows all those kids. And so he was so passionate about speaking tonight. Um, when we initially got the call that he was, he was hurt and he was on speaker, we were on speaker, we were trying to get clarity. Literally the first words out of his mouth, I heard him say, tell them I can still preach tomorrow. <laughs> and I, I, guys, I can't take credit for that. I refuse to take credit for that. I give God credit for that. I give you credit for that because he has been blessed to walk in a church that loved him and helped him step into the role God created him to play. I am eternally grateful for the, for the men and women in this room who, who have poured into him and who have shaped him. Um, and, 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 and so I tell you all that, like I, I think it all the time, but yesterday it was more clear than ever. I don't know how people go through life without Jesus. I genuinely don't. I don't know how people go through life without his church. I, I tell you right now, Danielle and I would have collapsed yesterday without Jesus and his church. We would not have made it through the day. Um, and it's with that in mind, we, we, we're going to start trying to wrap up today. We're going to wrap up um, our series. If, if, you are, if you're a guest, um, I'm, I'm honored that you're here. Um, we don't normally begin a sermon with traumatic news. Um, but I, I, I know God is good, um, and, and I'm, I'm honored that you're here. Uh, and so if, if, you, if you have if you've missed any of our content, missed any of our series, Man, I'm going to encourage you to grab our apps. It's a great way to stay connected with us. But it also, you can go back. You can see where we've been over the last few weeks. Because what we've been doing is we've been studying a letter, the book of Ephesians, to try to discern God's perfect plan for our lives. And this is it. This is what we've discovered. God's plan is for us to love him, trust him, follow him, and help others find him because we're his children. And, and again, I want you to know that I was able to do that yesterday. My wife was able to do that yesterday. My son was able to do that yesterday because of Jesus and his church, because of what we've learned here, because of how Jesus has molded us and shaped us. And as we're going to see today, as Jesus himself empowered us it's not about us it's about what our heavenly father can do through us and he wants us to love him and trust him and follow him so that we can help others find him because we're his kids we become christians he adopts us into his family and he has a plan for his family to gather. That's why we started talking about the fact that God's plan is fulfilled through his church. This is the place, this specific local gathering. And all the other local gatherings. It's not just this church. It's every local church. 
And God calls Christians to a local church. I said this a few weeks ago. Not necessarily this church. We might not be the church for you. And I understand that. And that means there is a perfect church for you, for you to play your role in God's story. But if you feel like Wellspring is your church, jump in, dive in. Why? Because our purpose is also found in his church. That doesn't mean we'll all work here. But it means that whatever role God has for us to play, he's going to equip us here. He's going to teach us here. He's going to prepare us here. For the good times, for the tough times. And then if you are here last week, uh, on Mother's Day, you heard April Colquitt deliver a spectacular message um, where she basically had the task of summarizing about two chapters. Because in these two chapters, Paul basically just starts touching on every single area of life. And honestly, these two chapters make up most of the series we do over a yearly time. But, but she brilliantly kind of discerned from the Holy Spirit three just, just clear steps for us as we serve in the church, as we walk, walk in the church, and as we let God change us some, some guiding principles that, that we are to walk in love, we are to walk in light, and we are to walk in wisdom. We're desperately playing, praying that David learns to walk in a little more wisdom moving forward. It's okay, we can joke about it. He's that okay. He's that okay, we can, we can, we can joke. But yeah, that, that's what we're praying over him now. This will be a wisdom building event. I know a lot of 43-year-olds that need wisdom building events. <laughs> How did you know I was 43 and talking about myself? That's offensive. <laughs> This beard makes me look 50. Come on. It's all gray. But now he summarized. Paul summarized, hey, hey. Jesus wants to be involved in every single area of your life, and he invites you to walk in love and walk in light and walk in wisdom. Walk like him. Grow up to look like our Heavenly Father. And so today, as Paul kind of wraps this letter up, he, he, in the middle of chapter 6, he finishes talking about all the different ways we should follow and all the different ways we should, we, should, we should trust. And then it's as if he realizes, okay, I have just laid a lot on them. Because for three chapters, he's basically told us all that God did for us. And then he starts talking about what that means and how we should live in light of that. And by the time we get to the middle of chapter six, if you're like me, you are starting to hyperventilate. You're like, man, how am I going to do all this? This is a lot. This is a really big checklist. I got to make sure I'm right. I got to make sure I'm perfect. How am I ever going to perform all these things my Heavenly Father's asking me to do? And so God's Holy Spirit kind of leads Paul. Hey, 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 make sure you understand this isn't on them. Make sure you help them understand they can't do this without me. They can't do this without my church. They can't do this without other people. And so that's what Paul says. At the, at the, in the middle of chapter 6, he says, hey, guys, a final word. Wrapping up here, concluding, he says this. He says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord. Now, when I read that, in my own head, my own ear, that even sounds intimidating to me. It's like, be strong. That means I've got to be strong. I've got to step up. Man, I'm giving all I've got. I feel overwhelmed as it is. How am I supposed to be stronger? How am I supposed to bring more to the table? 
And this is one of the few times we use this translation. It's called the New Living Translation. I use it because it's clear. But this is one of the few times I wish I used a different translation because the, the, the Greek verb there for uh, um, to be strong is in the passive tense. It's not active. It's not asking anything of us. A better translation would be be made strong. In other words, you can't bring anything to the table here in terms of following Jesus, walking Jesus, serving Jesus, accomplishing his plan for your life. All he asks for is your presence, is your availability. If you're to say, I'm here, I'm willing. And when we do that, we will be made strong in him. We will be made strong. That's why it talks about his mighty power, not ours, not mine, not yours. I assure you yesterday, I had no power. I had no strength. I had no wisdom. I had no alliterated phrases to make things clearer and better and easier. I was a panicked father. And I was made strong by my heavenly father. I was made strong in his mighty power. I turned to him. I said, God, I can't, I, can't, I can't do this. And it illustrated to me perfectly <laughs> what God had already said was going to kind of be the bottom line of this last week of the series. And I hope it brings you freedom as you think about pursuing God's plan for your life in whatever arena it is, whatever area it is this, is that God's plan is made possible by his power. Not mine, not yours not your spouses, not your kids. God's plan is made possible by his power. Not only does he make it possible, not only does he pay the debt, not only does he create the plan, not only does he invite us to follow, he also says, and oh, by the way, whenever you need power for this plan, I got it for you. You don't have to supply it. You don't have to try harder. You don't have to strive you can rest. You can trust that I, your Heavenly Father, will give you everything you need whenever you need it to accomplish my plan for your life that day. There's only one thing we have to do. And Paul tells us. He says, be made strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Paul's trying to make 100% clear what's happening for those of us who consider ourselves Christians, okay? He's talked before, we've already talked about the devil. We've already talked about our enemy, whose goal is to keep us from our Heavenly Father. Once we become Christians, okay, he can't stop us. He can't separate us anymore from our Heavenly Father. And so his goal at that point becomes to derail and deplete. He wants to derail and deplete. If God's plan is this way, he wants to knock you off track and keep you from God's goodness. And if he can't keep you from God's goodness, he wants to deplete you by constantly reminding you, you're not enough for this. You can't do this. There's no way you can handle that. No way, absolutely. God's not gonna be there for you. So he wants to derail and he wants to deplete. 
And you just have to know that. that, that that's a real thing that's going to happen in your life. I fully believe Satan's intention yesterday was to derail and deplete me for today. I do. But that's not special. He's always trying to do that. He's trying to derail and deplete my son. He's trying to derail and deplete my daughter. He's trying, my, not my daughter, my wife. He's trying to derail. I said, son. Oh. He's trying to derail. I don't have a daughter. <laughs> don't make a joke, Trey. move on <laughs> but that's what he's trying to do and so what Paul's trying to help us see is hey God's got a plan for your life he wants to empower you to do it but you got to understand it's not going to be without obstacles it's not going to be without tests it's not going to be without our enemy coming at us and here's what I've discovered the closer we adhere to God's plan the harder he attacks not the less because remember God's plan is for us to help others find him and the more we follow what he wants for our life, the more he aims his arrows at us. Because once God begins using us to change the lives of other people, it's full bore. Because then he's losing ground. And it's important we understand that. In fact, so important, Paul actually goes one more, one more passage and he says, he says, we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies pause. This is a sermon for another day, but remember that. Christians, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We are not, never have been, never will be at war with people. We are not at war with the world. We're at war with our enemy for the world. Different sermon. We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Paul's basically saying the same thing three times. And if you don't know the story, you know, Satan was, was originally an angel. He rebelled against God. And when he was cast out of heaven, so were a third of the angels. And they're now demons. And demons are very real. I know it sounds weird, but they are. And, and they work actively against both Christians and non-Christians alike, whispering into us, tempting us, shaming us, attacking us, definitely trying to knock us off track. There are the reasons when you come to your senses and you begin to feel shame and regret, you look at yourself in the mirror and you think, what was I thinking? That doesn't even sound like me. Why did I do that? It's because you were tricked. You were tricked by evil. And that's why Paul's saying, hey, 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 man, I'm going to encourage you. Be made strong in the Lord because you've got to stand firm. We have to have clarity in these moments. And so what do we do? Paul, said, Paul answers. He says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after battle, you will still be standing firm. Here's what he means. I mean, if we're, if we're here and we say this path is God's perfect path for our life, what he's saying is when we understand we're made strong in the Lord, when we understand God's given us equipment that we can use 
to be able to withstand the attack of the enemy, it means we'll walk and we find ourselves in a season where we're getting really attacked and bombarded. We may have to stop for a minute and gather ourselves and use our armor, but that means when the dust settles, we'll be able to look back, still on track. Look forward, still on track. Because Satan's goal in the storm is to knock us over here. Satan's goal in the storm is to knock us on the ground. Satan's goal in the storm is to get us out of the game. Paul is not saying there will be no storms. Paul is guaranteeing there will be storms. He is guaranteeing that as Christ followers, we will go through tough times. He's just simply saying, hey, you're not going to go alone. And here's the equipment God's given you to use when you go through those storms. Let me show you what he means. He says, all right, Christians, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. If you grew up in church, what we're about to describe is what is called the armor of God. Uh, I was Southern Baptist, and so we kind of talked about the armor of God. We kind of didn't talk about the armor of God because we sort of liked the Holy Spirit, but we were really afraid of the Holy Spirit as well. And so we didn't quite know what to do. You only laugh at that joke if you're a church person, um, and that's great. I'm glad you're here. Um, But the armor of God, let me just be very clear. Like, this isn't literal. Okay, what Paul was doing is using the image of a Roman centurion. Okay, the toughest, baddest person on the planet. At this time, the Roman centurion was horrifying. It was Superman, but it was the whole Justice League, right? All of them. Every Marvel, all in one, Roman centurion. Invincible. And so what Paul does is he simply taps into that image. And he says, hey, your heavenly father has given you the same armor. And here he talks about the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. You may have heard it taught, the breastplate of righteousness. The belt of truth was literally the belt the Roman centurion wore to secure all their armor, to secure everything so they could move quickly. And what he's basically promising Christ followers is that when we need it, when we go look for it, God's truth will secure us in whatever situation we find ourselves in. I'll give you an example from yesterday. Um, You know, it's easy to say now because David's okay. It's easy to say God is good. I need you to know, and this isn't, a, this isn't a pat myself on the back. This is he made me strong. I need you to know when I got the phone call and we knew nothing, I looked at Danny and we prayed and we said, God, you're good. God's goodness is not dependent on my circumstances. God's goodness is not dependent on your circumstances. God's goodness is not dependent on our outcomes. Do you know how shaky a God is if his goodness is dependent on his outcomes? We've just been told we live in a world with an enemy who hates our guts, who's trying to attack us. God wants to grow in us this belief that he is good regardless of circumstances. It doesn't mean we don't hurt. It doesn't mean we aren't sad. I was terrified yesterday. But in God's grace, he gave me 
the certainty in that moment. God, I know you're good. I know you're good. No matter what happens. I know I can trust you. I know you have a plan for my life. I know you're at work. No matter what. That is the belt of truth. That is the security that your Heavenly Father wants to give you. The breastplate of righteousness, the Romans in turn wore a breastplate and it protected him against arrows. It protected him against attacks. And what God is saying through Paul to us is if you let me, you can wear God's righteousness. Why do you need that? Because our enemy hates our guts and he's going to constantly bring up old stuff. He's going to constantly bring up mistakes from the past. He's going to constantly try to use our past to derail our future. You right here. Oh, you think you're you think you're good? I know what you did last week. I know what you did a year ago. You're not a man of God. You're not a son of the king. You're not a daughter of the king. Who are you trying to kid? See, God in his goodness has given us his righteousness to default. We don't have to do it ourselves because we, we know we know we, we don't measure up. Jesus measured up for us, but we can put that on. And we can be certain, you know what, man? You're right. And my dad loves me anyway. I'm forgiven. And he's got a better plan for my life. He keeps going, talking through a Roman soldier. He says, for shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Peace that comes from the good news. Peace that comes from the gospel. Peace that comes from the fact that Jesus loves you, gave his life for you, came back to life so that through faith in him, you could become a son or daughter of the king and have eternal life with him. Paul is saying, put that on as your shoes so that you can walk in peace. Here's what that really means. What are you building your life on? Because what Paul is saying is, when you build your life on Jesus, you have secure footing. When you build your life on anything else, shifting sand. It's kind of like God's goodness. When we build our life on the results of our life, they can be shifted in an instant. If I built my life yesterday on David's success as an adult, I would have been on very shaky footing yesterday. If, if you build your life on success at your company, if you build your life on achievement, if we build our life on any external thing beyond Jesus, getting the promotion... My son playing a sport in college, being the best, anything else. Paul simply reminding us, you are not on firm footing. Because we have the opportunity for shoes to put on the peace that comes from the good news. To plant our feet firmly on Jesus and his plan for our life. And that is the only thing that can provide the stability your soul needs.
whether you realize it or not. He keeps going. He says, in addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. He's talking about the large uh, shield. Maybe you've seen it in movies that a Roman centurion would hold up and they could literally hide behind it. It's this big, massive shield and it's called the shield of faith. See, I've heard people say before, I don't have enough faith. Have you asked for it? And that's not a dig. We don't control our own faith. God grows our faith. God gives us more faith. All we can do is hold up what he's given us. And when opportunities come, when, when the arrows come, when we are deceived, when we are misled, what he's saying is we can hold up our faith and say, I hear your lies, man. I know what you're trying to say, but I'm going to trust the truth of God. I trust that my God's good. I trust that this is the way he wants me to go. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. But he's good. And I'm going to walk towards him. We have the opportunity. We get to choose. That's why at the beginning Paul said to put this on. Our Heavenly Father, if anything, is a gentleman. He always waits to be invited. And that even means these gifts he's given us to walk through life. They are freely available to us. But he does not impose them on us. That's why Paul says we have to choose to put them on. We choose the belt of truth. We choose to live in truth. We choose to allow his goodness to define us. We choose to build our lives on his son. We choose to lift up the shield of faith. In fact, it turns out the more we choose the first three, in my experience, the bigger the shield of faith becomes. The more our life is built on him, the more we secure ourselves in his truth, the more we rest in his goodness and not our own, the easier it is to hold up that faith when things happen. He's not done. He also says, put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Salvation as your helmet, he's talking about the knowledge that really we've discussed in this series, that God has a perfect plan for our life, that he's provided everything for us, that he wants us to be sons and daughters of the king. That is knowledge that we can hold to. And then the sword of the spirit is talking about God's word. And let me be very clear, that sword has one purpose, okay? To disassemble, to shred to pieces, the lies of our enemy. That sword is never used to attack another person. That is not the role of the Holy Spirit. That is not the role of his word. The word is a gift to us to allow us to tear apart the lies, to tear apart the deceptions so that we can see clearly who our Heavenly Father is, so that our minds can remain clear, so that our minds can remain open to the fact that, yes, I am a son, I am a daughter, my God is good. His goodness is not dependent on my circumstances. His goodness is not dependent on my outcomes. I don't build my life on my outcomes. I build my life on his son. And I'm going to rest in that. That's what he's trying to explain to us today. Very simply, that God's plan is made possible by his power. And what does his power look like? All these things. This truth. Absolute truth life-changing truth that the God of the universe loved us and sent his son for us. 
and wants to adopt us into his family and has a perfect plan for our life, a path to follow. It's his righteousness. It's the humility to admit I'm not good enough, but he is. It's his peace that comes from building our life on him. It's the faith that he gives us to follow when things get tough. It's the confidence that comes from knowing we're a son or daughter of the king. And it's his word that delivers the truth in the midst of chaos. And as your church, our goal each week is to make each and every one of these available, to point you towards them, to walk with you in them, to equip you and to instruct you so that these gifts become your gifts. So that you can use them and rely on them and walk in them daily. So here's the question. Where currently do you need God's power? Because you need it somewhere. We all do. And for some of you, something immediately came to mind. If it didn't, I'll ask a follow-up question. Me and you, being honest, where have you most strayed from God's plan in your life? I don't know what it is, but you do. You're not going to get back in your own strength. So you give yourself a break, okay? Take a breath. You've tried and you're exhausted. And I understand, you should be. We can't do this in our own strength. We have to be made strong by his mighty power. So let's look at the list. What do you need? You think you need truth? Is there some place where you are confused? Ask us. Ask somebody. Ask God's Holy Spirit. He'll provide it. Is it righteousness? Are you feeling attacked? Do you feel not worthy? Join the club. That's why our God's good. That's why we sing songs to remind ourselves of what he's done. Is it peace? Does your life just feel like it's in chaos? Ask God's Holy Spirit to give you courage to look down. What am I building my life on? Is it faith? Is there a step you feel like he wants you to take, but, but it's difficult? He understands that. Ask him to give you that faith. Is it confidence? Is it a better understanding of his word? I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. But you do. And I know I wouldn't have got through yesterday without those gifts. I wouldn't have. I did not walk in my faith yesterday. I walked in the faith Jesus gave me. Whew. I didn't walk in my truth yesterday. His word is true. I knew he was good. I did not walk in my righteousness yesterday. We won't discuss that. Um, <laughs> in God's goodness, I did walk in peace yesterday. I did. And that's him, not me, man. I had faith. I had confidence. And I did cling to his word. I did. We did. Um, I mean, even David did. Um, as we were, he'd gotten to the emergency room at Grand Strand, and they ran all the tests, and um, 
we actually couldn't get back to see him for like an hour, hour and a half. When we finally got back, um, they kind of gave us the update, and then everybody cleared out, and it was just him on his bed and me and his, his mom. And, and I'll never forget, he just started weeping. And I was like, uh-oh, okay, now here it comes. But you know what he said? And yeah, I guess I'm bragging on my son a little bit. You know what he said? Through tears. He said, I'm so grateful. I'm just so grateful. God was so good to me. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. He wasn't frustrated. He wasn't mad. He wasn't thinking about all that was going to happen. It was just, he was just grateful in that moment. And that, that was the Holy Spirit who did that. And that was a result of this church pouring into him for 17 years. Well, 15 years. That's what that was. Me and his mom were able to pray, Jesus, we trust you. At one point, I promise, she looked at me early on and she said, he's going to be fine. And I said, we're not promised that. We're not. You need to hear him. We're not. We're not. I don't know why he's okay. I'm grateful he is. But I know I couldn't have done it without him and without you. I mean it. I don't know how people do it without a church. <laughs> At one point, um, after things had kind of calmed down, the trauma nurse came up to me and Danielle. And she goes, look, I don't know who y'all know at this hospital. But I've never had more people helping me with a trauma patient in my life. <laughs> I need you to hear that's not just because I'm the pastor. It's because I've spent my life investing in this place and in community. And we invite you to do the same thing. I'm not the only person who Wellspringers come by and see where they're Grand Strand. But they know me. And we want to know you. In fact, I moved here 15 years ago next month to start a church for you where you could be known and where you could be loved and where you could use your gifts, strengths, talents, and abilities to play your role in God's story. And where you could learn in the good and the bad. We walk not in our own strength, but in his mighty power. And so whatever step you need to take today to walk into his mighty power, we want to I want you to think about that. I want to I read over you how Paul kind of closes the letter because it's just kind of a benediction. Um, after telling them all these things, he encourages them. He says, hey, guys. He says, pray. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. He's saying, hey, remember, prayer is vital. Prayer is the connection piece. If we want to stay unified with each other, we need to be in prayer for each other. And then Paul, I love this. Paul says, hey, and pray for me too. 
ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for the Jews and the Gentiles alike. He's like, hey, pray for me because I'm still working. Why? He adds, he says, because I'm in chains now. He's in prison. I'm still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Even Paul admits, I need God's power. Paul is like, I am one day away from giving up. I am one day away from this becoming too weak. And that one day is the day I try to do it in my own strength. Paul knew, I need your prayers. As your pastor, I need your prayers. And you need mine. We need each other's. To continue to walk towards Jesus in his mighty power. Here's how Paul ends the letter. He says, so peace be with you, dear brothers and sisters. And may may God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you love with faithfulness. May God's grace be eternally upon all who love our Lord, Jesus Christ. That is my prayer for this place. That God's love and his grace and his faithfulness will be upon you. And that as he moves in us, he'll use us to transform the world around us. And that today we rest in this truth the truth that God's plan is made possible by his power. His truth, his righteousness, his peace, his faith, his confidence, his word. They're the sources of the strength you need to accomplish everything he wants every single day. And we as your church want to do everything we can to make them freely available. So where do you need God's power? Where are you struggling? Where is it hard to trust? Where is it difficult to obey? Those are not weaknesses. Your heavenly father isn't frustrated with you. Those are opportunities for him to reveal his power in your life. But he waits to be asked. So my prayer is that today you will choose to put on what he offers. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to sing a song. Or we're going to do offering, then we're going to sing a song. And as we sing, as we close, my prayer for you is that you will have the courage to ask the Holy Spirit where you need his strength, and that you will have the wisdom to accept it. Let me pray for you. Father, we love you so much. We are just so, so grateful for your son and for his goodness. We are thankful for your perfect plan in our lives. We are thankful for your power that makes it possible. Jesus, reveal to us now where we need your power in our lives and may we gladly walk into it, receive what you offer and rest in your strength. We love you, we thank you. In your son's name we pray, amen.